Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome back, successful dreamers of all stripes, uh, to another episode of Move Forward Anyway podcast. I am so grateful that you're here today with us, listening in on this conversation with a new really good friend and uh, colleague, Joel Henry Blazer. We are so grateful that you have joined us today. Joel, thank you so much. Why don't you introduce yourself to the to the listeners today? Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, it's an honor. Thank you. Um, I am Joel Henry Blazer. I am a, a music maker based out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, I grew up in the suburb of Dublin. Um, and currently I'm a producer. So I work on uh, music for other people. And then I'm also a solo artist. So I release music. Um, that I make. That's just my solo work. Yeah, that's awesome. I, how old are you, Joel? I am 26, 26 and a half. So 26 and a half. I love it. Um, so you are officially at this point in my podcasting life, the youngest, uh, the youngest person on my podcast. And I, I just want to celebrate that. And I, I want to celebrate the, the, um, the insight that you have at such a young age um, the production you've already been able to do at such a young age and the dream that you have at such a young age. I just think it's fascinating and thrilling and so excited to have you on the podcast today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the genesis of your dream? Where did it start? How did it get sparked for you? Um, so I would say I've, I've been playing music and just inside of music most of my life. Um, and when I hit college, I really started playing in bands and taking that seriously, um, more of a, more of a side character in those situations, playing drums, playing keyboards and singing background vocals. And, um, and then kind of halfway through that, uh, era of me playing bands, I kind of discovered making music by myself, um, like on, you know, just on my MacBook and like. Uh, I thought about, you know, all of my favorite artists and favorite heroes and kind of, they just, they do their own thing and they create their own musical world on their, on their laptop and they succeed with it. And I just um, started, I started dreaming about that and just started, you know, making musical ideas every day. And then like the more I you know, did it and invested in it, the more I, you know, just got serious about, you know, wanting to write my own music. So. That's awesome. So it's been, it's been a part of your life. Your whole life is, far back as you can remember that that 
that interest in music and then it gets sharpened by your involvement in band and uh, some of your your heroes and your favorite artists Wh who are some of your favorite artists um obviously too many i mean everybody listens to a lot of music i would say that my main kind of touchstones for how i think about piecing my songs together are uh, an artist called grimes um she's like an electronic pop artist um a band called the 1975 they're like a band, but they kind of base their songs off of, you know, um, electronic laptop. They write their songs on their laptop, play with the band. Um, some of my other favorite artists of all time are The National. They're a, a band originally from Ohio, actually. Hmm. Um, the Smiths as well. They're from the UK. And then uh, I would say that electronic music is kind of my main bread and butter. So like instrumental music so you know underground you know obscure like experimental like any anything in those kind of pockets i'm just kind of totally obsessed with so if you were to articulate to me uh what actually your dream is um how would you how would you frame that how would you share your the description of your um your dream to the audience um my dream is to live off of the music that I make and music that I make and work on for other people. That's, that's basically yeah, so it. So you're turning your passion into a life. Um, you're turning it into a business. You're turning it into a, a movement of uh, producing music, both as your own artist and also producing others that fit your genre and your ideal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. that's great. So you've, that's been sharpened over the last couple of years for you. And uh, along with that sharpening has come, uh, which happens for every dreamer, uh, comes the resistance, comes the, the fear The we talk about um, barriers or obstacles, and most of them are, most of them are internal. There, there are external obstacles, obviously, but most of the challenges to dream pursuits come from within our own spirit, our own soul, our own mind, our own heart. What, what are some of the obstacles or fears that you have been um, wrestling with, uh, dealing with uh, over the last couple of years? Um, I would say that um, obviously there's countless, there's countless uh, obstacles that we could discuss. I would say one of the main things um, that I've spent so much time pondering and attempting is just finishing music, knowing when a song's good enough to invest, you know, the time it takes to finish a song, um, mixing music, the you know, just the finalization of that. And then that kind of, you know, when I'm, as I've been doing everything myself, that kind of uncertainty kind of ties into the whole process of creating why I'm doing it. Am I good enough? to be doing this is this cohesive um you know are people going to care about it um it's just it's it's a very like thickly woven web of like you know insecurity <laughs> that i think a lot of not just musical artists but like you're saying people that want to aspire to do anything you know outside of their current means uh struggle with 
personal insecurity, self-doubt, um, wondering if it'll ever work, um, trying to get out in front and forecast the result of your work, which is never a good idea, right? Because we can never forecast how it's going to turn out. What we got to do is get it out. And then the added dimension that you mentioned for musicians um, is in some respects, a song, a song or a, a piece of art that you put out. I, I would, I would describe your music more as a piece of art. It's just like, it's not just a song. There, there is a whole universe attached to your music from, from my perspective. It's never done. I mean, you can, you could always be tweaking it. You can always be perfecting it. And so does, does perfectionism ever get in the way of you producing and putting it out into the world for people to engage? Absolutely. Um, and maybe for me more so than some of my like longtime musical friends, my friends that are still kind of in it making music, like uh, kind of my main friends that I have that have been in bands within the past that are also now kind of doing their own thing. They've done like albums and they've done like albums for people. And I, de I definitely have the material. Like I have, you know, uh, an insane amount of, you know, files of songs sitting on my computer. But um, personally, I only have six songs out and then I have like a dozen or so that I've done for other people. Um, I would say that regarding perfectionism, I've, with all the songs that I've put out, um, I've noticed a theme right when I'm trying to get to the finish line and finish it and put it out, I just, it's, it's just near impossible. And this maybe sounds negative, but it might just be part of, you know, maybe a realization that I need to come to is that at some point I've been tweaking one, you know, song for like, you know, a total of 200, 300 hours. And, um, you know, it needs to be perfect, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, I would describe the process of me letting go the mix of the song, the finalizing of how everything sounds and giving it to the mastering person mm -hmm. every single time <clears throat> I basically wake up one morning and I say, I can't do this anymore. I just, it's, it's done. I have to hand, I have to hand it over. There's nothing else I can do to this song. Um, so again, it sounds kind of, you know, um, daunting or kind of like you know just uh negative but um through my seeking of knowledge and talking with other people i haven't found another way to do it other than just to work on it until you can't work on it anymore yeah <laughs> and, then, and then say okay like this is this is the best i can do right now and just and just and overcoming them. overcoming that there's fear attached to that obviously yeah, because um, you're putting yourself out there, especially when you create a project, you, you you're the creator of it. And, um, you know, it's like your baby, you're putting it out in the world and you're it's a risk. And so um, it it becomes a very natural thing to want to hold back and not let it go. But you get to a point where you just finally have to let it go because it's going to it's going to consume you. Yeah, uh, if you if you don't. For sure. uh, I, I think listeners can relate to that, whether it's um, putting an offer out there in your business or writing a book or uh, writing poetry, um, putting it out there is a, it's a scary venture. And so we need to, 
adopt and hence the name of this podcast, this move forward anyway mentality, because that music is never going to have the impact you want it to have if it doesn't get out of your laptop into the world. 100%. Yeah. And, and the other thing um, I was talking with a friend about uh, two days ago, um, he was helping me with a mix that I'm doing for another artist, just kind of finishing it. And we were just talking about our music, like mine and his. And I, I told him, like, um, if I hadn't put out the songs that I put out this summer um, and really anything I put out, um, I would know just half as much as I did. I would have I, there's there's things that I learned from the mm. from that forcing myself to put it out that I wouldn't be able to have learned, you know, otherwise. What were some of those things that you learned? Um it was it was small bits of um feedback from friends and other people that found my music like oh this reminds me of this artist and a lot of the artists that they compared were actually people that i had never listened to or heard of and wow. i was like it provided a very like insane kind of new context for it and like new inspiration obviously mm -hmm. um and then the other the other thing was um my release from July, um, it, it did, it did pretty well. It did pretty well for, you know, an independent artist kind of doing everything themselves standards. Um, and that kind of proved to me, like I had so many regrets with the mix and like the individual sounds and the way that I, I thought I like messed it up and I put it out and no one, no one really cared. No one's listening for that, those details. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I know what you mean, but yeah. But the only the only way I would have found that out is that it but is by letting it go. By letting it go, by putting it out there. Yeah. In fact, uh, I believe as a result of your work this last summer and the summer of 2021, uh, you got noted you got noticed and put on uh, a top 10 list of new indie musicians on Spotify, correct? That's correct. That's awesome, man. And that would never have happened if you hadn't uh, pushed forward this last summer. It's awesome. Yeah, and that was um, that was that was also it, it was just a critical lesson for me, like um, just how I'll never know um, what what's going to happen until I do it. Um, it was just. Um, it was just absolutely critical, um, validating in a lot of ways, um, that I wasn't expecting. So yeah, it was, it was good. So how have you managed that fear and used it and leveraged it to motivate you to move forward anyway? What are some of the tricks of the trade for you, um, that is, that helped you this summer, get over the hump and get that stuff, get that music out? Um, I would say a couple things is moving, moving the needle forward somehow every day, like bare minimum working every day, focusing on my main priority. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if it's getting a song 1.5% closer to complete, like something like that. If that's what happens, then that's what happens. If I'm trying my hardest, 
Um, and then the other thing that ties into like keeping, keeping the ball rolling is I have to, I have to remind myself that music is the one thing that I want to do with my, you know, short existence on planet earth. Um, and through investing in my, you know, everything that I currently have, you know, into it, I've, you know, found that it's just, it's the main thing that fulfills me. And so, um, inspiration is very fleeting and inconsistent and you can't really rely on that. Um, so when, on the days when it's just, you know, I'm trying to work on something and I like, can't, I'm, I'm like forcing myself to like, you know, type stuff on the keyboard mm -hmm. and like, you know, dial sounds in and stuff. It's like, um, the only right now, the only thing that keeps me going is just knowing that, um, if I want to do music, I have to be all in and, you know, just push through the bad days and through doing that, you know, I'll just get better at what I do if I can, you know, push through that. You said something very, um, interesting and helpful in that last piece there. You said inspiration is fleeting. Yeah. So what would you say to the person who is sitting back, um, waiting for, they, they have an idea, they have a dream, but they're waiting for the inspiration to kick in. What would you say to them? Um, a couple things come to mind. I would say that, um, maybe it's like the, the more I found investing myself in this, I just increased the volume that I've worked on my passion. Um, just the more you invest yourself in what you're trying to do, the higher likelihood that you'll have good results on the day that you're writing or making or whatever, whatever you're doing. Um, I would say that, um, the ratio of good days to bad days is maybe the same, but if you take a look at where you are and what you're doing and you think, Oh, maybe I could be doing more. Maybe I could be investing more into my process or, um, planning or anything. Um, then, you know, actually I'll sidestep. I actually, uh, listened to an interview with one of my new favorite artists yesterday and he talked about specifically what he does um to kind of prepare for uh or what he does kind of on you know the the days where he's just less productive is he'll just spend a day doing kind of um preparing his music software loading in new sounds like making sure the template the creative template in the software is kind of set up for success on the days that inspiration does strike um, there's a, there's a discipline to this, isn't there? There's a, there's a grind. There's a, um, it's not always, um, a Nirvana kind of experience where everything is, you're in a flow state. Um, there is a discipline to this more than a, just an inspired creative energy. In fact, the more disciplined we are, the more regular we are, the more opportunity there will be for inspiration. Absolutely. And that, and you've, you've also probably discovered that through writing. Oh my gosh. Writing your book. Yeah. 
Yeah, if I waited, if I waited till I was inspired to write, nothing would get written. And it would it would take like eight years to write a book. It's the daily get in front of it, just start writing. The way is made by walking in it. I keep using that Chinese proverb, but it's it's so true. Um another thing that comes to mind that was a huge game changer for me is um is learning about wellness. Um and it's kind of become a new like interest and hobby for me outside of music to provide like new perspective. Mm-hmm. But essentially, like I I just I'm I'm totally addicted to podcasts and just you know learning about the the body and the mind and how to like optimize that and like um learning about my relationship to like exercise and diet and sleep and and coffee and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um and like through optimizing the body and the mind, you're, you know, you're going to be optimizing your functionality and your ability to perform when you're, um, you know, pursuing your goal for sure. Yeah. That's the, the human body has been designed to do amazing things. Right. I talk yeah. about in my book, I talk about that we're co-creators with our creator and you certainly are that with your music your music video. I, I love the music video that you put out um, about a month ago. Just awesome. Um, but you are creating. You've been designed to create. But that that creative impulse that is in each of us gets. Gets pushed down, gets um, quieted when we're not well, when we're not healthy. And so it's all connected, right? I love that input that you just shared with us. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Who have been the people that have helped you? You've also got, you've also got people in your life that have helped you believe, trust your instinct, push it out, get it out. Um, you've also had people that have discouraged that. Um, talk to me about not necessarily the names of the people, but what did the people that discourage you do? And what did the people that encouraged you do? Like, what kind of action did they take around you? What was helpful? What was not helpful? Um, I would say discouragement wise, there's been two kind of influences. Um, one, funnily enough, has been inside of music. Um, mm. it, inside of people also doing music. Um, so, and it's encounters with people that are, um, you know, overly competitive, um, defensive, insecure, you know, mm-hmm. I, I share these qualities too, like first and foremost. Um, and I won't go into too much detail, but like there's, there's been many instances, including back to my days in bands where I'm in, you know, I'm in this project and I I'm with these people every day. And, um, you know, I'm like one person I'm, I would say I'm like, you know, doing the best I can and, and bringing my best to the table, but like that might strike jealousy in another person. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you first and foremost that like, I've, you know, I've, I've been a victim of being jealous, like, you know, 
many, many times. And like now that I'm growing older and at the same time, really starting to run my own show and feel it, believing in myself, I've kind of like, I'm starting to like step away from that. Mm -hmm. um, but still recently, I, I, you know, I'll have, I've had interactions with people that like really like um, trouble me and like take me off balance because uh, I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to do me and, and, you know, collaborate and, um, you know, gain knowledge from people, maybe, you know, maybe people gain some knowledge from, you know, being around me. Um, but I've noticed just, you know, from reaching out to certain people, being around some people, there's, they just, they just have a wall up mm -hmm. and they kind of take everything that you do. This is an over-exaggeration as kind of like a, you know, and maybe an attack on their base and their dream, like as if they're the only, the only person in the world that, you know, has a dream to be in music. And like, mm -hmm. I'm not out here, like trying to do the same thing. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, once again, I would say as I'm growing older, you know, I'm really trying to ruminate on that thing less and like making sure that I'm not being that guy when I enter a situation. Mm. any type of communication with someone um the other and the other the other source of discouragement i would say is is less direct and it's this is also a very tricky subject um but it's being around people who aren't in music and you know, hold the very, you know, hold the majority opinion as like the, the majority opinion of, uh, the music industry is, uh, cutthroat and inconsistent and it's completely based on luck, 100% based on luck. And, you know, I'm, um, throwing my life away, you know, mm -hmm. I'm wasting my time. I should be engaged to somebody right now. I should be thinking mm -hmm. about having kids in a house and, you know, going to community college, community college and like, you know, just, you know, doing music for fun, you know, for like six hours on a Saturday. Yeah. Get a real job. Right. Um, and fit it in on the side. Mm -hmm. And I say it's tricky because, um, those are, those are the values of most people. And it's the, it's the values of, um, it's the values of like my family who at the same time, my parents have, enabled and supported me for doing what I do like 110% through. Um, but at the same time, it's like difficult to connect with, uh, you know, family or anyone that, you know, isn't doing what I'm doing. And then the funny thing is if we go back to the first thing, it's like a lot of times when I try to like meet new musicians and like get new work, it's like, no, they're yeah. Yeah. Like this new it can be a lonely, it can be a lonely space being an artist and being an entrepreneur. It's for sure. Oh yeah. oh yeah, for sure. So you've got to find that support and it's not always where you think it should be. Um, people are threatened by your dream and the best way to, to make sure that they feel good about themselves is to keep you from succeeding in realizing your dream. Cause then they feel good about themselves because there's someone else that didn't make it, right? Absolutely. Uh, I call them dream crushers, and they they come right at you, face to face, boldly, and 
with their arms up and sometimes they come very winsomely and quietly um, trying to encourage you to go to community college, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, wow. So where where have you found the support? Where What have people done that have encouraged you on the flip side of that? We've talked about the discouragement side. What have people done to encourage you? Um, I have a, I have a, a small amount of mentors that I pretty much all of them, I reached out to personally. Um, and there's, I would say there's like three or four, um, they're all, you know, 15, 16 or more years older than me. Mm -hmm. And they've all been they're They're all career musicians, producers, mixers, composers. Um, and, um, I'll be able to, uh, you know, talk with them or visit them. Uh, like one's based out of here in Columbus. He's a film composer. Um, and every time I meet with him, it's just the most invigorating time, just seeing what he does. And then me playing him, my stuff and being like, that's good. Like follow that idea, do that. Um, and yeah, I would say, um, I would, I would say the, the mentors inside of music, there's maybe a small amount of friends and people my age, um, that I know, like, trust me and believe in me and I do the same with them. Um, you mentioned, you know, sometimes it's not where you're expecting like mm -hmm. the, the encouragement or the support or the inspiration mm -hmm. and something, something I started doing a little more this summer kind of stopped doing recently because I'm working a lot more, which is good. But, um, it was, I it was just hanging out with old high school friends that I hadn't spent time with and forgot about that, like deeper connection I have with them. And mm -hmm. like that immediate trust that I have Shared with them. history that you have with them. Yeah. Yeah. And just because knowing that I've known them for like, you know, 12 years or whatever. Um, that was that kind of helped me get uh, get through the, you know, three and a half months from like the spring through the summer. We're just kind of hanging out with those people because um, I, I just I worked a lot like um, in starting in January to like to May, I was just totally in the zone and completely isolated. And at some point I just knew I had to start, you know, um, doing things, seeing people, having fun. I hadn't had, hadn't had fun in so long. I had fun in so long. Yeah. It's like a joke I like to make, but I feel like a lot of people who do what I do know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah. you have to, you have to like cut out a lot of things and people to, in order to like stay yeah. tunnel vision on the, the music so and yet it's important part of wellness isn't it oh absolutely yeah relationships is are really important and um i would i would just ask our audience if you're if you're uh pursuing this dream and you've been discouraged i would just ask who who could be encouragers for you have you found them yet um and that doesn't have to be a large number. I mean, you talk about three or four mentors. Um, who are your, I use this phrase a lot, who are your personal board of directors that 
you can sit down the table with and collaborate and you know they're not just interested in you and they're not just interesting people they're interested in you they're they're they want to invest in you they they want to push you and um have you realize your your best potential who are those people uh, every every one of us can find those people um keep our eyes open for them we need to sometimes pray that we can see them and understand who they are and we need to eliminate the noise of the discouragers too um when we feel that discouragement it's okay to protect that dream protect that dream from them um stop sharing stuff with them it's okay to do that find the people that are really going to invest in you so absolutely really really uh insightful joel thank you so what's next for you what what are your next big steps or goals i know uh when we worked together this last spring um you kind of put a number out there of things you were going to produce by the end of the year how are we tracking with that what's your what's your next step um i try to answer this as briefly as possible because it's a bit complicated <laughs> um i so i put out i put out two songs in july and then one song in august um and from the data and the reception and everything that i learned from that everything i gathered from that um in combination with how i've been um working more recently and like um the new material that i'm working on and kind of the way uh, more recently this month of August, I made, I made something every single day um, and kind of the sound and the quality of the stuff that I was making kind of took on a new whole new level. Um, so I originally had planned to release like somewhere around seven songs this year. Um, which were all kind of from an older era, which is like a year ago um, of in terms of like sound and standards. So um, I'm working on new material now um, and then also been mixing a couple songs for other people and like really focusing on raising the standards. Um, so I won't be I won't be releasing any of my music for a little while, um, maybe maybe something right at the end of this year. Um, but I'm doing that because I decided I want to kind of focus on quality control. Um, so I'm like constantly making song ideas and, um, the best songs that all the songs that I've written, I kind of knew immediately from their, uh, conception that, um, they were going to be easy to write vocals for, and they were going to be strong songs and they came together quite quickly. Um, so I'm just making a lot of stuff right now, writing a lot and just, uh, you know, gathering the musical ideas that feel the strongest um, and just, you know, waiting until I feel like I have a good next kind of project, next kind of like statement that's going to be worth people's time and my time, obviously. So what's the, where do you get your inspiration for that, for those songs? Um. I, um, like the inspiration to 
make or like start an idea or like, yeah, where do the ideas come from? Um, recently what I've been doing is I've been, um, sampling a lot more. And so for people who don't know, um, sampling is basically taking a pre-existing recorded sound and putting it into your software and then you can manipulate it however you want. So if I take, uh, like a guitar chord and it's someone recording into a microphone and E chord. So it's like bling. And then I put that into a sampler in my software and then I can play those chords up and down a keyboard. So bling, 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 bling. Uh, before I was not sampling, I was using um, software sounds, kind of these plasticky tinny sounding synthesizer sounds that just didn't sound kind of more full and like realistic. So I basically what I've been doing is I've been constructing new musical ideas with uh, all samples. So the drums and the synthesizers and the bass and the vocal samples and snippets are all coming from uh, uh, a program called Splice, which is very popular. It's basically a giant library of sounds. You can look up anything you want. So basically, in a nutshell, how I'll start songs is I'll look up some type of snippet of a chord. Yeah. Um, or And then manipulate it and then write a chord structure by typing it out on the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And just throwing all these different loops and sounds into the software and just picking ones you know what fits with what um so it's like i just you know i just pick whatever sound inspires me the most and um really try to like lay a structure out in like one sitting it doesn't have to sound finished obviously but yeah. um, but before but before i was i was much less inspired because i was um using what we call software instruments which are um, a lot of times just kind of cold and dead sounding, uninspiring sounds. Whereas I could, you know, I, if I wanted to, I could start a song with like a field recording of a forest or something or, or a dog barking or something. And then I write sounds around that and yeah. it just becomes something completely, you know, something that no one's ever heard. That's pretty cool. So you build something that no one's ever heard based on something that you've heard. Mm -hmm. that exactly. And that's why I say is to authors that I work with is like, we need to be reading, right? Because the word, the printed word can inspire a thought for us. Or um, a lot of dreams come from something that we see that we think we can improve on, that we, we think we can build off of and actually make it better than, than it is. Um, so there's inspiration all around us if we take the time to listen, to look to read, to digest, and, um, and then add our own, our own piece to it, our own personality to it. That's awesome. Absolutely. What are, um, what do you think are going to be the uh, fears or the barriers that are going to come up for you between now and when you send your next song out into the world? Um, I think because I'm, I, I'm always trying to objectively <laughs> assess the quality of my music. I do recognize that I am getting better. Um, so I think that my next, my next pocket of songs that I put out are um, more likely going to be sounding much, much better than everything 
from the past. So I think that the fears and challenges are usually inevitable is what I've learned. So I think it's going to be a different, it's going to be some different kind of beast that I probably can't conceive of Mm. at the moment. Um, But anything, I hope that it's going to be much less, like it's just going to be dialed down and I am going to believe in the quality of the work, whatever it is more and just, and just do it. It'll be the same and it'll be different. Oh yeah. But the goal will be to keep you from putting it out and sharing it with us. Um, Always. <laughs> and that's when you have to employ your strategies, your move forward anyway, strategies and let it go. Offer it up. I want to ask one more question before I um, ask you the final question. So this is the penultimate question. So um, what do you hope will happen in the lives of the people who listen and experience your art? Um, I hope so music, music has a music has a purpose for existing. um, And you know, the great artists, big artists, anyone's favorite artists, you know, that music does something for you. Um, And so I've been thinking about staying original and also this one quote from, I think it was, I think it was the singer of Coldplay, actually, Chris Martin, who said, when we make an album, we go into a bubble and we just think about what would we want to listen to. Um, That's how we make something original. Um, so that's one part of it. That's kind of my goal with creating is to follow that is make sure that I'm making something good enough that I would listen to. Mm -hmm. And then, and then thinking about what my favorite artists have done for me, basically from an emotional standpoint, but also obviously a musical standpoint, you know, as a musician, but what our favorite songs do for us, they they give us new insight. They get us through hard times. They provide escapism from reality, like much needed escapism for a lot of people. Um, and what was, the, what was the question again? <laughs> like what exactly what do you, was the phrasing of the question? For someone that's going to listen to your music, what do you hope it does for them? Um, does it, do, do you want it to inspire hope? Do you want it to move them to do something do you do you want them to um be inspired with their own creative energy what do you hope for them yeah all of those things absolutely um from a lyrical standpoint um i'm really trying to think about that more critically moving forward um i want to be singing about things that like you know, 90% of artists don't sing about. I don't want to be singing about just very broad, basic stuff. I want to be, I want to be talking about like, you know, like deep struggles and like dealing with narcissistic people and dealing with very dark thoughts that a lot of commercial music isn't afraid to deal with. Um, Cause I, I heard a quote somewhere else that like the more personal and the more specific you get, the more relatable it actually becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that answers the question. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things you said that's so important is 
make music that you would love to listen to. It's the same thing I tell uh, people who are writing books. You write the book for yourself. Don't write it for someone else. Write it for yourself. Now, you have your who in mind. You have your audience in mind. But, man, write it for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. My last question for you. Yes. For someone who's out there listening to this, and maybe they're not a musician, but they're thinking about their dream, they're thinking about some of the principles you talked about in overcoming fear and moving forward with it and not being so uh, driven by perfectionism, all that, all the stuff we've talked about, and they're wrestling with it in their own head. Should I do this? Uh, I don't know if I should do this. Um, what would you like to say to them? I would say, um, I would say sit down and lay out all the potential things that could be intervening with your goal and then think about, and then also think about is what you're pursuing actually what you want to do, what you want to spend your life doing. Mm. Um, for me, I'm lucky enough to only have enjoyed music. The, the minute that I discovered it, I quit everything else. I quit, you know, team sports and, and, you know, different friend groups and different people. And, um, that may lie at the, at the root of some people's struggle is, is, you know, maybe you want to write a book or get a certain job because of somebody else mm. of an outside influence because of social pressure, because of, because of social media, like what, people displaying themselves and their values like that influence might be, you know, maybe because you feel like it's something you want to do. Maybe that's at the root of the struggle. Um, that's just kind of my initial, my initial take. I just, um, you're not going to be able to see this online, but it's, it's a picture of Freddy Krueger. You know, <laughs> it's a meme and he's smoking a cigarette. He's taken his, cap off and the, the line above it says been chasing people in their dreams so long i forgot to chase my own <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> i've been chasing people in their dreams so long i forgot to chase my own so maybe some of the hesitancy does that's really insightful some of the hesitancy of our dream moving forward comes from it might not be our dream i can i can provide a like a short example of like a little uh, occasionally I'll find myself in phases where I'm getting like distracted by another thing. And um, a couple of years ago, I was working at a really nice restaurant um, and I learned a lot from doing that, but obviously it's not the music industry where I want to be. Um, but I was making good money doing that. And I saw the the guests and customers rolling up in their, you know, Mercedes and their Teslas. And I was like, Oh, I have some money in the bank. Maybe I can start putting that aside for a new car. And then like started thinking about, Oh, I can get an apartment and like all this stuff. And like, you know, I am going to need a car and an apartment to do what I want, but um, like luxury, I thinking about luxury items, like stuff that would spending on that would derail my mm. progress in music. And that was because of that external influence of being in a restaurant. Um, and that kind of ties back into the, um, living with and living around people that aren't doing what you want to do. Um, that external. Wow. That's a great, great illustration. Yeah. Yeah. 
Joel, it is an honor to have you on my podcast. It's an honor to follow you on Spotify. I love your music. Thank you. I, I am so thankful for you and uh, your pursuit and you're an inspiration. And I'm glad and happy to share your story with, with our audience. Um, how can people find out more about you? How can they find your music? Um, how can they find out more about what you're up to? Absolutely. So my music is released under my middle and last name, which is Henry Blazer, the weird spelling of Blazer, which is B-L-A-E-S-E-R. Um, and so that is my name on all social media platforms and all listening platforms. And then my uh, production discography, everything that I've worked on is joelhenryblazer.co. Uh, um, joelhenryblazer.co. All right. Sir. And Henry Blazer. I got tripped up on this too in Spotify looking for Joel Blazer, Joel Henry Blazer. It's Henry Blazer. And that middle name is really important to you, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, and this is real quick. Uh, this is a great time to shout out uh, my Aunt Lynn Shaner, who connected the two of us. She's been an insane mentor for me and yeah. helping me collect she's my in thoughts. Your, she's on your personal board of directors. She's on and, your, your encouraging team. That's and awesome. who connected the two and who connected the two of us too. So, yeah. um, and so, yeah, Aunt Lynn and I were talking about, so, okay. So I'll try to make this quick. So a few years ago, um, Aunt Lynn was going on and on about, um, our family history and how my great grandfather, Henry Blazer, the similarities between me and him are staggering. He was, um, he was creative. He was, uh, he was a teacher. I have teaching experience. Um, and he spent, he spent his whole life in Coldwater, Ohio. Um, and she talks about how he had a strong desire to, uh, for lack of a better word, escape that kind of environment. And I don't know, maybe go to a big city. I can't remember. It tells stories of how he would be like tuning in a radio to a radio station that was miles out of range just to listen to classical music every Sunday. Um, and I was, when she was talking about that, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but then like, whatever I, I was, it was like three years ago, four years ago or something. Mm -hmm. And, and then just recently I started thinking about that story and I'm how about this guy, my great grandfather is in my bloodline. And so some of his DNA is inside of me. Um, and then also, this is another, this is another rabbit hole, but there's this, uh, there's this idea and I cannot remember for the life of me where it comes from. Um, I, it's, but it's this idea that you need to rescue your father from the belly of the whale. Are you familiar with this? Mm, no. Um, but it basically has something to do with the ancestral power that is inside of me that's sleeping. Mm -hmm. has been passed down from my great grandfather to Henry Paul Blazer to Vince Blazer to Joel Blazer and how um, the struggle of my great grandfather who struggled to, you know, do exactly what he wanted and escape the town that he was in mm -hmm. um, is inside of me. I feel that every day. Yeah. And ever since I started to go all in on music, I, it's been a, it's been a struggle every day. You know, I have to, 
I have to work my butt off to like, you know, make progress every single day. You know, I've dealt with depression and like, it just kind of started happening all at once when I started really investing in the music. And to me, thinking about that being some type of family and DNA related thing gave it just, I realized that it just gave context to like me and like what I'm doing. And like part of me trying to realize my dream is me like, you know, fulfilling the family past and like escaping that essentially. Some in some respects, fulfilling Henry's dream. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I picked Henry as an artist's name, like years before I thought of that, but like I did it for maybe a subconscious reason. Like, That's really cool. But yeah, Antlin and I talked about that at good length recently. Names so. matter. Names do matter. Yeah, they yes. do. They really do. Well, thank you so much. Um, JoelHenryBlazer.co or Henry Blazer on Spotify or wherever you get your music. Yeah, for listening, just middle name last. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, keep going, man. Keep uh, pumping that music out and uh, bless the world with it. Thanks for being with us today, Henry. Yes, sir. It was an honor. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.